I knew that it was important for me that my secret heart, that I had no secrets, that no matter how you looked at me, you wouldn't find any corruption in my life. And that was hard to do because the temptation is to cover up. The temptation is to go into self-protection mode. Every leader faces challenges on a daily basis. And the way we navigate those challenges can make a deep and lasting impact for time and eternity. We're helping leaders discover practical tools based on biblical principles and helping you create like-minded communities who will walk with you as you lead your organization to health. Welcome to the Healthy Leaders Podcast. Hello, everyone. Today, we are on a really amazing, deep topic, the leader's secret heart and also a pure and serving heart. They're going to go hand in hand. It's a topic that I think is central to Phil uh, Cohen's uh, whole story, the whole story of of, uh, building a company, uh, getting to where we are at today, and um, a lot of lessons, Phil, that you've learned over the years uh, running a company, coming from a pretty challenging place. In fact, we just finished watching the video, the acceptance speech from your a small business uh, person. Was it the Missouri uh, Small Business Person Award? Um, and you know what? What struck me the most about it, and in fact, I'll put the sh- I'll put the uh, link to that in the show notes so people can watch it. I think it's it's something you should watch, especially in context of this podcast. But what struck me the most was that in your acceptance speech, Phil, you were you were really elevating all of the people that got. Uh, you know, that, that are kind of the unsung heroes, the people that contributed to uh, your legacy and your story. And so it wasn't about Phil Cohen, look at, look at me, this cool flashy award, but it's about all these people that believed in you when they shouldn't have believed in you. You know, I think that's ultimately the, what I took away from that. So um, let's start off with talking about the leader's secret heart and, and uh, yeah. yeah. So um Going back to 1994, 93, uh, most of the men in my my family died young. And I went to a a heart, a cardiologist, and he told me he thought I had a blockage in my heart. And so I thought I'm going to die soon. And uh, I, I came back and I had a couple of people that were working with me and and so I, I chose my pallbearers and I chose the hymns for my, for my uh, funeral. And I, I chose a couple of men. I said, take care of my boys. And I actually wrote a, an article called My Death that got published and what's going to happen after I die on earth. And, and, and I was actually looking forward to dying. I was, I was tired of living. And so I went to uh, the, the night... The day before, I, I, we gave, sent our children off to stay with some other families, and I went to the hospital. And I imagined that when they put the catheter in, that they were going to look inside my heart and see Bible verses written all over my heart. And, you know, because the Bible says that you're supposed to hide the Word of God in your heart. And so uh, the guy in the in the tent next to mine the doctor came in and he said, uh, you need four or five blockages. And if you have a heart attack, you're going to die. And I'm going, that's really cool. I am so looking forward to seeing Jesus. And, 
And maybe on Tuesday, you know, or Wednesday, there's going to be a day in time when I'm going to see Jesus. And he came back, he came into my area and he said, I've got good news. There's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> and I went into a state of depression. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because <laughs> I thought I was going to heaven. And I came back and ta- and went to the one of my guys that was working with me at the time. And he says, well, you're not going to die, so I guess you better get back to work. <laughs> so anyways, that was a funny story. Uh really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the I think it does. The podcast. I think it does. But so it, it does in a sense. So as you, as you read the kings in the in the books of the kings of uh, Israel, you're going to read over and over and again, uh, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, or he did not do what was right in the sort of the Lord, sight of the Lord. There was a king Amaziah. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. So some did what was right. Some did didn't do what was right. Some did it with, with a perfect heart, some without a perfect heart. And then it actually goes on to describe what happened to the people in the nation because of the leader's secret heart. There, there were leaders who did everything right in the sight of the Lord, except maybe they left one high place or one, one idol. Uh, and, and I wondered, what would it be like to, to, to lead and to live without having any idols, no addictions, no secrets, no high places. And that's really hard because when, when, when life gets painful, which it does, we want to self-medicate. We want to run to something. And, and for me, it was years ago, it was pornography. Um, I, and I, before that, it was drugs. And then it was food. And just to look for ways to self-medicate. Well, whatever is goes on in your secret heart, regard whether you hide it or not, it will affect the people that you lead. In fact, uh, uh, some authors will tell you, therapists will tell you that if there's a conflict between two parents, it causes a conflict in the heart of the child, mm. even though the child doesn't know what's going on. Right. The child, because we are spirit beings, that it causes a war in the child's heart. And that child will grow up with a war in his heart, her heart, without knowing what's causing the war. So I, knew, I knew that it was important for me to have that my secret heart, that I had no secrets, that no matter how you looked at me, that there was you wouldn't find any corruption in my life. And that was hard to do because... The temptation is to cover up. The temptation is to go into self-protection mode, especially when it gets really painful, when, when the economy gets tough or you have to make a tough decision. And it was, and, and it was, and, and of course, you, you uncover your secrets by being honest. They say in addiction recovery, like 12 steps, they say you're only as sick as your secrets. And a leader who's sick and I've met a lot of leaders who are sick. They're great leaders, but they're sick because they have these secrets going on. Maybe it's some kind of corruption or maybe it's a, a, a moral failure or, or they're covering up something. And so I knew that, that I had to go on a journey to have a, a pure heart, to have a pure, even in my secret heart. And that's hard. Yeah. It's, it's not... Like you can get your heart clean and then it, it, and then it stays clean. It's like the dirt accumulates. Mm-hmm. 
the, the pain of life comes and things hurt you and you want to get bitter. Mm. Bitterness is like an infection in your heart. You get betrayed. Yep. Um, you, you, you have disappointments and then, and then you, can, you can cover that bitterness. And then that bitterness will affect how you treat people, mm. even though nobody knows it except you. And, and you have the right to do it because you're in power. You're in charge. Yeah. You could have jealousy in your heart. So uh, look at how many leaders today, uh, whether they're secular or Christian, that they're, they lose their careers because of they, they were getting involved morally. They were crossing moral boundaries. Uh, another leader I knew of, he, uh, he just got too controlling. And so they had to, they had to take him out of leadership. So I knew that my heart had to be, had to be humble. I had to be a servant leader. I had to give up the right to lead. There were times that we faced situations where I knew it would cost me my career. And I had to choose between keeping, between keeping my career and just simply telling the truth and being honest about my own weaknesses. So uh, there was a time where in, a man stood up during, during a recession and we were hiring people just to come to work. And he thought that everybody deserved a 25 cent raise. And he stood up and he said, we don't feel appreciated. And, and, and then I stood up too. And I said, yeah, I, I don't either. And my son, Ben, who was my right hand strength stood next to me. And, but I didn't know if this was true or not. And so I went to uh, I, I went into the office. I called all my leaders in at the time, and I told them, I said, if this is true, then I need you to meet, and I need you to tell me, and I'll resign because I do not want to ever let our company down. I take leadership as a secret, sacred trust. And so they met, and then I came back in the, in the room, and they said, no, we're going to fire him. You are our leader. And I didn't know what was going to happen, and it actually by – by me being willing to give up the right to lead, it actually established my right to lead. More people respected me. So I, I wanted to take heed from the kings, and I wanted to live, I wanted to have a pure uh, heart that was free from uh, just doing what was right in the sight of the Lord and doing it with a perfect heart. And I wondered, I'll tell you that last idol is the hardest one to get rid of, whether it's gluttony or the fear of man, the fear of rejection. And, and so um, I was starting to become famous. And, and I, God told me, don't seek fame as an author or speaker. Simply love your people. Love is the answer to all of that. And... Uh, think of Jesus. He didn't leave any money behind. He left nothing except his love. And he even loved those who didn't love him, even those who abused him. In his secret heart, no matter what people did to them, to him, he still loved them. Even after they abused him and he crucified, they crucified him and he came back from the dead. Yeah. He had, in his secret heart, he loved them. And so that's the only secret you really should have is that you love people because sometimes they don't know. But, but as I've studied leaders, whether in, in, in history or in the Bible, the one thing I believe is what happens in the leader's secret heart affects the entire organization. 
And Jesus said, the pure in heart see God. And if you see God, then as you're seeing God, others will experience God through you. There were only a couple of kings in the, in the Bible who actually uh, were, were endorsed by God, like King Josiah. He lived a good life. He loved a great, left a great legacy, and both in his secret heart and his visible deeds. Uh, not everything we do needs notice or recognition. I think there were many people in the Bible who lived with pure, pure hearts, in their secret hearts that we've never heard of. I believe there's many people in the Bible. I'm amazed at some of the things that the Bible says about what people thought and what they did, that there was nobody there. And the only way we know is because God wrote it in the Bible. There was no way to, would have been no way to know. And, and then I also believe that there's, there's flowers that bloom and die in the wilderness and bring God just as much glory as the flowers that we place on display. And so a pure, a pure heart, a pure secret heart is not necessarily going to make you rich or famous. Mm. But having that pure heart, having that secret heart for God, that in itself is the riches. Yeah. That's the great riches. Mm. So that's what I want. I, I, I've wanted that for years. I still want that. Uh, I have uh, recently struggled a lot with depression and anxiety. And I read the scripture that to let the peace of God rule in your heart. Mm -hmm. And so I've invited God in. You can't, rule the, you can't rule your heart with the peace of God, but I've invited God in to point out any area in me where the peace of God is not ruling. Mm -hmm. And I've given God permission to expose anything in me where the peace of God is not ruling and to call it out. And if I need to make a confession to somebody or, or whatever I need to do so that the peace of God rules in my heart, some of you are probably dealing with sexual fantasies. You need to allow, the, allow God to come in and point out to you your, your unhealthy sexual fantasies. Some of you may have unhealthy attitudes toward people. Those things will affect your organization. They'll affect how you do business. And most of all, they're going to affect your, your peace with God and your relationship with God. So... It's an everyday thing. It's, it's a thing that, that you need to do all day, every day. It's, it's like when I, when I teach people how to follow Jesus, they are amazed at the amount of mental energy it takes. Yeah. And I, I've, I've just imagined that we used to, uh, the, the company, our company was a 54,000 square foot building. But the amount of mental energy that it takes just to allow God to rule in your heart and to keep your heart pure. Uh, if we could hook, hook leads and, and wire it, probably five people who are truly following Jesus and want pure hearts could probably light that building up and we wouldn't have to pay an electric bill. <laughs> so that, that's, that's part one of the importance of having a pure heart. Your heart has to be secret. Your secret heart needs to be pure. And then the next part is that we have a pure and serving heart. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to write, and uh, I, I have spent hours and hours of taking a lot of writing classes. I've had a lot of my articles published. And there was this argument uh, back in the, in the 90s, do you use big words or little words? And 
my conclusion is that a great art, a great writer, a great craftsman is, is the servant and not the master. So we use our gifts to serve people, not to dominate people. We were putting an expansion on our building and we had a contractor come in and he just wanted to act like he knew what to do and he knew what he was doing. He was right and I was wrong and that's how he was going to prove himself. And I let him go. So a great, a great leader, a great person uses, he, he uses the more talent he has, he uses those talents to serve others to make them successful. And that's what Jesus taught us actually in Philippians 2. So shipping, shifting over into the, the pure and serving heart. So I noticed early in my career how easy it was for people, including myself, to speak disrespectfully to and about our bosses or our customers and take advantage of them whenever we could. And, and it seemed like it was just acceptable. Mm -hmm. It was just a constant push-pull relationship. And it was happening from both sides. And everybody just expected it. I was in a, in a meeting. Um, uh, I was in a meeting of, of uh, high-level business owners and contractors. And uh, somebody said something about, so you, you didn't get the job. And the guy who was uh, the, hot, the low bidder got it. And then the contractor comes back to you and says, the guy defaulted on his bid. I need you to do it. So you tell him, uh, well, we're going to have to charge you overtime where you really don't need, you don't, you, you don't, you, you have the bandwidth and you don't have to, but because you can take advantage of him, you will. Mm -hmm. And I raised the flag. I said, no, wait a minute. We can't do that. We, we don't take advantage of people just because we can. And several people got upset with me. I was in another group of, uh, of CEOs, high-level CEOs, and somebody came in and said this. He said, do what you said you would do, when you said you would do it, the way you said you would do it. And several people in the room protested. And he said, we can't do that. And he said, I'm not talking about outside of work. I'm talking about at work. And I, I'm sitting there scratching my, my head like, really? You know, just... This needs to be who we are. Yeah. It's not what we do. And we don't do it just because it makes us money. Right. But, but so you don't take advantage of people just because you can. So I, I read this verse in Titus 2, 9 and 10. Paul wrote this to Titus. He said, slaves, or if you work for customers... Slaves or vendors or employees must always obey their customers and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. And then they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. So there are opportunities to take advantage of people, and we can get away with it, and nobody knows and everybody, it's like everybody expects it, but we must not do that. And, and, and so we must be completely trustworthy. If, if we were put under a microscope or a light was shined on us, any part of us, they would not find that corruption. And it says that makes the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive in every way. That's what makes Jesus beautiful. And a lot of people who claim to be Christians, 
but they have this corruption in their life. They're not making Jesus beautiful. Jesus was not that way. So that's when I realized that my customers weren't paying me to criticize them or outsmart them. Sure. Or talk them into doing it some other way. Mm -hmm. If I thought there was a better way to do it, it wasn't my responsibility to talk them into it. It was my job to please them. They were hiring me to please them. And if I don't please them, I make myself and God unattractive. And so Christians are supposed to set a standard of excellence for character because their example is that Jesus is, is Jesus and their goals are eternal. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we're going to take losses in this world mm -hmm. by, by setting such a high character standard. So I made a promise to God that I would please the people I worked for and not criticize them. If I think I have a better idea, I respectfully offer it, but I leave the final decision with them. So I may have a better idea, but I leave the final decision with them. And I would charge fair market value for everything I did and never take advantage of them, even when I thought I could get away with it. Whether I'm working with a small one-person business or a large multi-billion dollar corporation, I would respect their money as if it were my own. And I think that's one of the reasons why Walmart gave us so many jobs is that we treated them like it was our money. They treated, we treated them like we were there, they were our next door neighbors. So it had nothing to do with how big they were or whether I could get away with it. We actually had a business coach who said, uh, you have to lie to contractors because they lie to you. <laughs> so if you, you're not going to make it if you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I made a covenant with God to never, ever lie or give false information to a customer or make a promise I know I can't keep. So here's, here's the question you need to ask yourself. Do you want today to be the day to be remembered as the day you started lying? Wow. Is that, the, is that how, what you want to, you know, put it on your calendar. Like today is the 19th of January. And I don't know what day you're listening, but is that the day on the calendar to be the day that you wanted to be remembered the day you started lying? I think it would be better if you've been doing this to mark today's date on the calendar as a day that you're going to stop lying, no matter what it costs you. Mm. And that I would never criticize anyone behind their back, whether it's a competitor or a client's competitor. So... That's something that we would look for is if, 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 if a vendor came in and he was, he was criticizing his competitors, we would automatically disqualify him. Mm -hmm. If somebody came in for a job interview and he criticized his former employee, employer, right. we disqualified him. So I, I made these promises to God back in the 80s. That's about 40 years ago. And I made it just because I was doing the right thing. I didn't know if, if, if I would succeed. I was just doing it because it was right. And so, and I knew it was a way I could please God. And, and just to be straight, I have always seen myself as a loser. I, I've never, I, I was never good at sports. I've never been good at managing money. I didn't see myself as good as, as, at, uh, at playing an instrument. There was only one thing that I ever saw that I knew I could succeed at, and that is following God. Mm -hmm. And it's been hard work. And so 
I just do it because I did it because I knew it was the right thing to do. Right. And, and to my surprise, it was good for business. <laughs> People found out. And, and what we, we did was we attracted customers who valued those attributes. Yes. Yes. And we had employers and suppliers who valued those attributes. Mm. So if, if you've got a workplace where there's a lot of hidden stuff going on and where you're taking advantage of each other where you can, and you have self-serving agendas, just know that there is a higher way. It may take a while to get there, but know that there's a higher way to have a, a, if your secret heart and to have a pure and serving heart. And just remember, as the leader in the business, what goes on in your secret heart will affect everyone because you are the main source of energy. You are the leaven that affects the entire organization, whether you like it or not. So the same thing goes if you're a parent, the same thing goes if you're a pastor, if you're the president of the United States, what goes on in your secret heart, if it's not a serving heart, if it's a self-serving heart, it will affect everyone and everyone will become like you. You know, today's January 19th. Is today the day that you're going to say, this is the day that I I started lying to get ahead? Or is this going to be the day that you say, I'm going to stop lying and ultimately maybe I won't get ahead in my own standards, but at least I'll have a clear conscience and at least I will, uh, I will represent or present the gospel to the world through the way I, I live. I like the, I like that you brought that up too. your customers and your employees, uh, your testimony to them is, uh, is evident through, what's in your heart and how you, how you represent yeah. Christ. And it's not always going to, um, it, it worked really good for our business. We grew a business mm-hmm. because we attracted people who are like us. Right. You right. will attract people who are like yourself, mm-hmm. but it didn't always work that way. Sure. Uh, I know that when I uh, came to the Lord and I went back and made restitution, I had done things that could put me in prison, but I went back and, confessed to the people that I had wronged. And they said, we could press charges. And I said, well, I don't care. I'm free. And that's the most important thing is to have a free conscience. And most of the time it's going to, it's going to turn out okay for you. But there's sometimes when it's just flat, uh, you just got to have that clear conscience and that pure and serving heart. And, and Jesus in his secret heart and it cost him his life. Sometimes it will and sometimes it won't. Sorry for the uh, tough reality oh, about life, man. guys. That's so good. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it is tough, but you know, you guys are not listening to this podcast because um, this is the easy way all the time, right? This You're listening to this podcast because it's true. In fact, I read a quote. I just told Phil this a moment ago. I read a quote and this guy said, uh, "If he's a writer and he said, if the things that I write go viral. It's not because I was clever, but it's because they were true. And I think, I think what we're touching on here is, you know, you may, some of the stuff that we talk about may not be easy to swallow, the tough pills to swallow. And, and it may challenge the way that you, that you do business. It may, it may make um, your line of work or the way that you've built your company. It might, it might put those things on the, on the, on the rails. And, um, you have to decide, am I going to, am I going to continue down, uh, continue on this path 
or am I, am I going to be a man of integrity, a woman of integrity? Am I going to, uh, am I going to do this God's way? I mean, that's yeah. really what this is all yeah, about. Yeah, lest I be a Debbie Downer. I mean, <laughs> it did work for, sure in our company sure. for 30-something years. Yeah. Well, and, and I think definition of it worked, that the uh, success is, we talk about this in other episodes, but it's it, uh, success needs to be what is God's definition of success, not mm-hmm. what is our definition. So I may look at uh, my, my experience in the trucking industry. I know lots of people that in the world standards were very successful financially, running companies, making lots and lots and lots of money and all through deceit. Mm-hmm. And so in the world standards, they were successful, but by God's standards, it's all going to fade. And I think, I think sometimes we get tested that way where sure. uh, it is working and we are succeeding and we're making a lot of money. You know, we built a multi-million dollar nationwide company without any debt, but there's going to be times when you're going to be tested yes. to see what really, what really is important. Mm. And, and, and sometimes that test will cost you everything. Uh, generally. Yeah. I'll just have to leave it at that. Yeah. I think it's a good place to stop for today. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And if you'd like to connect with us, please, I'd encourage you to go over to www.philcohen.co. That's P H I L C O H E N.co. And we have a contact form on the website there. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message. Um, if you have questions, if you have a thought specifically on this, or um, you know, if you want some clarity or you just need some mentoring, some help, we'd love to connect with you. Um, so please take advantage of that. That's why this whole thing exists. And that's why we're doing this podcast. So, and we're also looking, what we're, what we want to do is, 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 is encourage people to start little campfire groups. Absolutely. Little groups of, of business leaders Mm -hmm. who meet in every city and three, four, five leaders who just spend time seeking God, praying, going into the Bible for answers, Mm -hmm. maybe coming to us if there's things they can't figure out or going to someone else who's, who's, who's ahead of them in, in pursuing God. And we have all the practical details and all the documents on actually how to do that practically yeah, in, in real time. Yeah, we can actually help you do that. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for joining us on the podcast today, and we will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Leaders Podcast as we journey together toward healthy biblical leadership. If you're facing a particular challenge in your organization, please visit healthy-leaders.org. We would love to help you lead your organization to health.